Welcome back. Monday, March 29th, 2021. I read a tweet this weekend that asked a simple question. Does Muhammad Anwar's life matter? Took me a few moments to figure out what was meant, what was meant by that, and I realized Muhammad Anwar was the Pakistani immigrant, legal immigrant, who was killed in his Uber car. He was an Uber driver when two teen girls carjacked him in Washington, D.C. What was interesting to me is that for the past several weeks, we've read about, been told, lectured even, that Asian American hate crimes are on the rise. And it struck me, Mr. Anwar is an Asian American, but there was very little coverage of his death or the specifics around it, and very little information on the two girls caught on video who carjacked him. Indeed, as of even today, you have to work fairly hard to find that the two girls just happen to be African-American. And my mind went back to the Atlanta killings of eight massage parlor workers from two weeks ago. As six of those dead happened to be Asian-American, we were given the catalyst for the anti-Asian-American hate crime theme that's been so prominent of late. But then a funny thing happened on the way to the Racialization of Everything forum, a tragic thing. A week later, a mass shooting took the lives of 10 victims in Boulder. We know nothing of the race or religion of those 10, oddly. People early speculated on the race and the religion of the alleged gunman, then silence. Why silence? Why did that story just idle and die? It was, after all, more deaths than happened or were taken in Atlanta, which got an awful lot more ink and attention. Oh, we come to learn late that the alleged shooter in Boulder was an immigrant from Syria with many social media posts supporting radical Islamism. So not all lives matter, is what we come to learn. Some lives matter, and they matter more than others. And um, I was correct, or incorrect, I should say. I was incorrect when what I wrote above was a tragic thing happened on the way to to the racialization of everything forum, There is no racialization of everything form in America. There is a racialization of some things when it comes to only certain races in America. But we learned from George Orwell, as we learned from the opponents of the Union in the mid-19th century here, that not everyone is keen on the notion that all are actually equal. Orwell put it that, quote, above all, no animal must ever tyrannize over his own kind. Weak or strong, clever or simple, we are all brothers. No animal must ever kill any other animal. All animals are equal, close quote. That's how it began at the animal farm anyway, just as that's the theory upon which our country was founded anyway. It was even a commandment of the farm Orwell imagined and wrote about. As the founders of the new farm of equality there, however, in Orwell's book, died out, and as memories faded and as a few things went less than perfectly, the old equality amendment gets changed to read. In fact, the entire Constitution gets changed to read, quote, 
All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Close quote. Old Abraham Lincoln was onto this long before Orwell when a new party arose in America, a precursor to the KKK. It was called the Know Nothing Party. Lincoln was asked his views of that new party, and he responded this, quote, Our progress in degeneracy appears to me to be pretty rapid. As a nation, we begin by declaring that all men are created equal. We now practically read it, all men are created equal except Negroes. When the know-nothings get control, it will read all men are created equal except Negroes and foreigners and Catholics. When it comes to this, I should prefer emigrating to some country where they make no pretense of loving liberty. To Russia, for instance, where despotism can be taken pure and without the base alloy of hypocrisy. Close quote. Who knew you could be so poetic in denouncing racism? Lincoln understood this principle deeply, however, that there is a human or natural tendency for those to proclaim for liberty and equality, but only for themselves. As he put it, I've never seen an advocate for slavery advocating it for himself. Or, quote, I have always thought that all men should be free, but if any should be slaves, it should be first those who desire it for themselves and then secondly those who desire it. For others, for whenever I hear anyone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. Close quote. If equality is right for all men, it is right and true for all men. If it is not right for all men, try starting its rightness on yourself. The notion of equality, after all, comes from a rather strong origin here. Love your neighbor as yourself, or whatever is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow man. It seems, as Lincoln and Orwell understood well, the tough thing is not starting with notions of equality, it's the keeping of those notions, the holding of them, which of course requires the continued teaching of the importance and value of them. Lincoln was speaking of this as as early as the Dred Scott decision in 1857, pointing out how we started off with equality and slowly moved further and further away from it, saying, quote, In those days, our Declaration of Independence was held sacred by all and thought to include all, but now, to aid in making the bondage of the Negro universal and eternal, it is, it is assailed and sneered at and construed and hawked at and torn till its framers could rise from their graves, they would not recognize it at all. It is grossly incorrect to say or assume that the public estimate of the Negro is more favor favorable now than it was at the origin of this government. Close quote. What might one say about the public estimation of race relations today when it comes to crime, victims, hate, attention, and concern? At best, at best, we can say we are concerned about the crime and victims and hate and attention of some races, but not all. And until last year, you could hardly find a liberal joining the call to seek racial equality for Asian Americans at the baseline of the most important and classic form of racial equality enforcement, affirmative action, 
education admissions and job hires and promotions. Indeed, because of misplaced emphasis on some races over others, Asian Americans were shunted aside in various hiring admission schemes to promote the hiring and advancements and admissions of other races temporarily more favored. What we taught here was that discrimination against some was okay, and discrimination in favor of others was also okay, so long as there was a consensus about those favored and disfavored classes or races. The fact that we are in a war, cold, hot, or other, or have resentments and complaints against the country of China has nothing to do with any of this at all. Asian Americans were facing racial civil rights discrimination in America for decades. If there was an uptick in anti-Asian American sentiment, say in the 1970s, because Richard Nixon opposed the admission of the People's Republic of China into the United Nations, nobody thought to make that connection because it would have been absurd. Nobody here acted out racial animus because of democracy's war against communism. And besides which, it would have been odd since Nixon was favoring Taiwan, the Republic of China, also Asian, over China. And today, I should say up until Boulder and the killing in D.C., nobody would have ever thought differently. But because Donald Trump was in a rhetorical and policy war with China, the liberal left effort, late to be sure, came to finally give a damn about Asian Americans, or say it did. But again, the absurdity. One cannot find much hatred of Asians or inspiration of hatred of Asians when one stops to consider that Donald Trump and conservatives generally were supporting anti-Chinese government protesters in Hong Kong over the last two years when we weren't talking about defending Taiwan. And it turns out, as these things conveniently or inconveniently work, Hong Kong happens, like Taiwan, also to be Asian. Maybe the NBA should be blamed for anti-Asian sentiment here because they would not let its employees or supporters stand up and be sympathetic with the citizens of Hong Kong. One sees this absurdity rather quickly. As one saw Animal Farm's absurdity rather quickly, it took a fictional book to instruct us on all that. A civil war killing five times the number killed in Hiroshima and Nagasaki combined didn't do it. And the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the speeches and sermons and marches of Martin Luther King Jr., they didn't evidently do it either. So we arrive at a very odd spot after all this where not only do we value some lives more than others based on race, but it turns out we value some deaths more than others based on race. Why do we not know the races or anything really, about the two non-Asians killed in Atlanta. In fact, why is the only thing we know about six of the eight their race and nothing else? Why do we know nothing about the lives of those killed in Boulder, except that they weren't members of a certain race? Why do we know deep down why we no longer hear or read much of the alleged assassin in Boulder? You know who also got all this? It's a funny thing when you start looking at those that got this. They happen to be the targets of the woke intellectual class that wants to rid us of studying them and honoring them with statues and schools, school names. So I give us Shakespeare. Would that students learn him again, or for that matter, Lincoln, or Orwell. Here's, here's Shakespeare, Merchant of Venice. 
He hath disgraced me and hindered me half a million, laughed at my losses, mocked at my gains, scorned my nation, thwarted my bargains, cooled my friends, heeded my enemies. And what's the reason? I am a Jew, but hath not a Jew eyes? Hath not a Jew hands, organs, dimensions, senses, affections, passions? Fed with the same food, hurt with the same weapons, subject to the same diseases, healed by the same means, warmed and cooled by the same winter and summer as a Christian is? If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? Replace Jew for Asian with anything else the age gives you in that above line from Shakespeare, and maybe, maybe, maybe we can begin to get back to what we conservatives have been advocating for Asians for years and that the left has fallaciously weaponized or tried to weaponize against us. Equality matters, and it matters more to us than you will ever know, at least with the pedagogy you peddle now. So I urge you, stop it. Please stop it. Lincoln should not have died in vain. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Hope you all had a uh, great weekend. Bill, I hope you did. Did you do anything interesting, any good movies, anything you want to toss about? What You read a lot, I hope. Yeah, good. What are you working on right now? Oh, really? The, well, it's the Jim Gray, right? Yeah, nice. Okay. Goats, the greatest of all timers. Okay. Gee. Oh, wow. <laughs> I should stop now. <laughs> okay. So just as we were being conditioned to think we were coming out of the cold, dark winter of the coronavirus, just as we kept being told there's light at the end of the tunnel, just as we all seemed to be regaining a semblance of our common sense, Six feet no longer necessary, three better, just as good, schools should reopen. The clear difference between states that didn't have mask mandates and states that did, by clear, I say that sarcastically, you cannot find one, no statistical difference. With all that, <laughs> the mask, the mask machine, the mask industrial, the fear industrial complex, crisis industrial complex, subdivision, fear and panic, Wants to um, wants to keep this mask thing going and uh, wants to condemn governors like Ducey, who uh, have 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 said he won't he won't he he won't allow the enforcement of them any longer. Of course, the mayors who are responsible for enforcing them and wanted to are sending scorched earth messages to how Doug Ducey just unleashed. A new, a new serious, um, a new serious risk, health risk to Arizonans. I believe they're the ones putting Arizonans' health at risk. Those mayors, I really do, by keeping us in fear and panic, and by promoting things that there is clear scientific debate on at its weakest. At its weakest, 
I happen to have a series of studies in front of me, not just three, but maybe uh, more than I can count. Over and over again from journals like the American Journal of Infection Control, Influenza and Other Respiratory Viruses, uh, all, all, all the peer-reviewed all the peer-reviewed journals that you would want to cite to. And again and again and again, you get conclusions that none of the studies established a relationship between mask and protection against influenza infection. All of them. All of them. And yet, we are told we are not patriotic if we don't wear them. Do we have time for Joe Biden today? I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously, precisely what got us in this mess in the first place, risk more cases and more deaths. deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the only way we ever get back to normal. To cheer together in stadiums full of fans. To gather together on holidays again safely. Go to graduations, weddings. I'm reading my Cheer together at sports games, holidays, family get-togethers, weddings. This is what the president thinks he can tell the American people when and what they can do about those very things. It reminds me of nothing. So He must believe this because it reminds me of nothing so much as it does from a week ago when he said, quote, here's the point. If we all do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families, and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. It doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. Does he really think that Americans are waiting for his go-ahead on whether, well, I know some Americans are. At what point do we start putting Americans in scare quotes? Not because I distrust their loyalty to the United States, but because I distrust the level to which they want to scare us. And for what purposes and for what reasons? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wait till you hear what the head of the CDC said on top of all this. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If it's 34 past the hour, it's time for our good friend John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. John, I hope you had a great weekend. I feel so good. Good. Nicely done. After hearing that song. Yes. <laughs> I, we, uh, Chuck Mangione thanks you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Big anniversary hey. uh, this day in history. We're pushing it today, but tomorrow... Yeah, yeah, I remember it very well, the day Reagan was shot 40 years ago. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Remember and that? there's another interesting one, too, yeah. that today in, in 1929. Yeah. Herbert Hoover. I yeah. think it was Hoover, uh, the first phone. Is that right? Uh, in the White House. No kidding. Yes, 1929. Nice. Yes. Okay. So interesting to know that well, here we are. We all carry our phones in our pockets now, but that was the first phone in the White House, 1929. Who knew? Who knew? Hey, one thing real important, too, Seth, before we start. This yeah. is uh, for those out there who are trying to apply for the PPP second yes. round. Yes, yes. Uh, the 31st of March, two days, is the deadline okay. for the application. So get that application in if you haven't already done it. I know a lot of banks, if you've done the first round of PPP for your business, they were able to help you with the second round, and it was a fairly easy process. But if you missed the window with your current bank that you were dealing with for the first round, there are other companies out there that are accepting these PPP loans for the next uh, couple of days only. So Thank, we, thanks for that, that, John. Thank yes. you for yes. that. And speaking yes. of uh, of, uh, of helping people out, speaking of uh, uh, p- uh, protection, uh, the CDC is extending its national eviction ban through the end yes. of June, right? Tell us what that means. Yes. Right. So for those out there who uh, maybe are behind in their rent, you know, you've got landlords out there that are possibly trying to pressure tenants uh, to leave and to, to evict them, but the CDC is now uh, saying that they want to keep this uh, in effect, the eviction uh, memorandum in effect until June 30th. There's some out there, though, Seth, that are saying the CDC doesn't have the authority to do yeah, this. I was wondering. Uh, and, of course, that's going to be something that will be fought maybe maybe in the courts. I don't know, but yeah. um, obviously there's a lot of people out there that are, that are suffering, not able to pay their rent, uh, and... So this is certainly a little bit of a relief for them. Also, I know the uh, Congress has allocated more than 40, uh, $45 billion in aid for renters, but they still believe that the funds uh, will take a little bit of while before they'll get into the hands of these individuals who need it. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Thank you, John. The other uh, interesting piece of news, which is where I call on you most, is to help us understand terms. The Dow went up 100 points today, a new record. Yep. Um, saying no, no, no concerns from the margin call route. What what are we talking about? The margin call route. Well, there was a a company that apparently uh, a rather large uh, independent firm, capital management company. I think it's Arch Archigos. I I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. A R C H E G O S. Capital management. Yeah. And it's a multi billion dollar family office of uh, investment advisory, and apparently they were purchasing through what are called uh, swaps, which is a, a derivative, which is basically uh, trading in options. Mm-hmm. And they were they were caught overextended. It did raise the price of a, of a couple of companies out there. And uh, we saw a, a severe drop in the value of these companies on Friday, and a little bit of that carried over into today. And that experience is definitely going to be affecting some of the banks also who had some of these positions. And uh, the concern is, is that there's still an unknown reason as to why it wasn't made public that this company had so much of a position in one or two companies, which is pretty much pretty common that you have to report once you acquire so much of a company. Okay, very good, John. Great. And um, let me also remind the audience that you have your radio show here every Saturday at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. 
Yes, that's correct. Hosted. And uh, also, uh, folks can uh, tune into our podcast as well by going to our website of GrandCanyonPlanning.com and listening to some of our past uh, shows as well. Thank so you very that. much, John yep. Dombrowski. Yes, Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. You can sign up for an appointment right on our website as well. Thanks, Seth. Thank you. And again, that's GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Right, John? Yes, that is it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Little Dilbert McClinton for you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 um, Yeah, I wanted to do Rachel Walensky. Bill, hold it if you don't mind. Let me come back to her if you'll remind me. I want to do Ted Cruz at the border. This is, um, this is with the video rolling. And I saw it when it first came out a couple few days ago, and I think it was, yeah, I think it was Saturday. And um, John Hinderocker sums it up nicely. You do have this Biden administrator, this Biden um, hired political operative, probably about 30 years old, probably, not more, maybe less blocking Senator Ted Cruz from looking at this CP, um, B, CBP facility, sorry, Customs and Border Patrol CBP facility in Donna, Texas. Listen to this exchange. Please respect. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you work for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules, You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, Please so you don't want the, the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, and Please they're designed the to keep the American people in the dignity dark. dignity and respect. That's all we ask. Dignity well, no, it's and not. respect. You're asking, is this Please. dignity and respect? Look Please at these people. There, there's a pandemic. Please give dignity and respect to the people. Let, let me ask, ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this hearted, respecting the rights of these kids? I ask you. Please Are you respecting the, the rights of these this kids? This is not a zoo, sir. Please yeah. don't treat the people. You're right. And this is a dangerous place. Please don't treat the and people like And your policies, unfortunately, are trying to hide them. I understand you are instructed. When 18 I senators came down here, respect the people, give them dignity I respect, and respect them, and I want to fix this situation. We all want and to fix this. The administration this, you're working for is responsible anymore. for these conditions. Please 18 senators the come we- down. That's fine. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, uh, Ted Cruz. 18 senators come down and are blocked by a 29-year-old something political operative, under the pretense that it is a um, a respect for their dignity not to take pictures of them. Uh, Interesting line, because Ted Cruz, as he was pointing out, if you've seen some of this video, this is available on Twitter and elsewhere, if you've seen some of this video or some of the stuff that has been released, some of the pictures, photography, and video that has been released by Senator Lankford and by uh, Henry Cuellar, um, you would see or think, if you were normal, that the loss of dignity is the way these kids are piled into these pods. And the only reason, as we discussed last uh, week, Friday, I think, the only reason you can't call them cages, even though they have the uh, same metal wiring that existed when uh, they were called cages under Donald Trump, but erected by Barack Obama, 
is that they've put uh, tarp over it. They've put tarp over the metal, over the link fencing. That's why it's not a cage. So you could call it children in tarps, I suppose. Pods is what they're saying. But the Biden party line that no one should take pictures of people suffering in Biden's cages in order to respect their dignity, Hinderocker said, would be funny if it weren't sad. Let's recall all the times when the Democrats tried to suppress pictures and videos of problems at the border during the Trump administration in order to respect the dignity of those illegal immigrants. Oh, yeah. Never mind. David is in Glendale. Hello, David. How are you, sir? Hi, Seth. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to I'm a private pilot uh-huh. and I wanted to see for myself what was going on. So Sunday yesterday, I flew down in the Gallas from Phoenix area and headed west along the border wall. And it's not a, an issue. It's not a problem. It's not a crisis. It's an invasion. About seven or eight miles west in Nogales, there's a big section of the wall that's missing. And there's this dirt track that heads up towards the wall out of Mexico. Maybe quarter, half mile away from where the break in the wall is is where the tents start. It looks like a campground on Memorial Day weekend. Woodstock. I, 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 I was by myself, so I really couldn't take a lot of pictures. I think I got one good one. But the number of little dome tents yeah. and tarps and lean-tos that are there, and I, I would bet that these people are just waiting for dark so yeah. they can go, go through the break. Yeah. And I wonder what two guys or four guys in two Border Patrol vehicles could do. Not much. But Not much. Look and look, I know. Looking down the track into Mexico from about 1,500 feet off the deck, as far as I could see along both sides of the track were nothing but tents. And he's lean to things. Well, I haven't so, seen it this, like this that. Isn't a I know. This yeah, isn't I a know the geography because I know the geography. I went there myself and saw exactly yeah. what you're describing. That was before all these tents, though. But but you're absolutely right. Uh, people need to get a picture of this, and we put the videos out at some point. Bill, remind me to talk and to Gene about whether we can reissue them because it's for, the same. For some reason, it's the, the same the regular tour. news media is not doing it. No, but it's the to. same tour Ted Cruz was on. I, I recognize. Oh it. yeah, and and, then, and and yes, you see the people waiting for dark. You see it. The funny thing is. I turned around to head back towards Nogales, and I got a visit from a DHS helicopter okay, who well, basically uh, tried to chase me away from the border. All right, so they're chasing you away, and, and the and Department then, of Defense is going after Tucker Carlson. All the right targets. Uh, but the point that you made, David, that they are waiting for cover of dark is true, but there's another sadder yeah. point, which is if you were – to be on the ground where I was rather than in the air, you would also see it going on in plain sight. Yeah. You, you would say you would see some of this going on before your very eyes, as I did, as I did, right where the wall stops, right where the water gets shallow. And it's it's if, to take someone down there to see it is to elicit from them the question, why? Yeah. No, really, it's a very odd thing. And I can appreciate, in theory, people not liking the idea of walls, borders, whatever, whatever the structural, the structural placement is that they don't like. I can understand that. But once they go there and see how absurd their point is, it's clear to anyone who sees it that this must be fixed with a wall. Must be. It should be the same security, the same exact security that Nancy Pelosi thought 
members of the House of Representatives needed from Republicans. Yeah. And I imagine, and it's worse along the Rio Grande because there isn't even a wall. You can just swim across the river or paddle across the river at night. So uh, it, it's it's uh, David. It's it's not only as you you use the word invasion, and that invokes a national security aspect to this. I, I hope people appreciate that this is a national security concern. It's a lot of concerns. It's a humanitarian concern. It's an economic concern. It's a crime concern. But it's also a national security concern. Look at from where the people are coming. Notice not all of them are from Central and South America. And then ask yourselves, if we miss two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten for every one we catch, ask yourself how well at night you want to sleep knowing that. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Portions of the show are brought to you by Solar Sandy. She is um, she's great. She's been a long supporter of talk radio. She's a good friend. And she brought integrity back to solar. The difference between Solar Sandy and other solar companies is she actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's so important when going solar that you do it the right way. Solar Sandy is the right way. She wants to put more of your hard-earned money back into your pocket. So when you go solar with Solar Sandy, she will pay 12 months of your solar payments and any portion of your power bill for the first 12 months. And in a tribute to March Madness, Solar Sandy's promotion for the first 50 families, you will receive a $1,000 signing bonus. That's right. No solar panel payments, no power bill for 12 months, and a $1,000 bonus at signing. No better time to go solar with Solar Sandy than right now. Go to AskSolarSandy.com. Again, AskSolarSandy.com and tell her Seth sent you. Okay, um, there is a uh, big debate over <laughs> who invented and who's responsible for the vaccines. All I'm going to say is with Anthony, Anthony Fauci now touting that it was his idea, I have pulled up all the articles from last year saying it's a year away. It's a year off. It's at least three to five years off. There's no chance we'll be developing a vaccine this year. Okay. 15 million Americans have been vaccinated. Do I have time to talk to Fred real quick? Hello, Fred. Yo, hi there. Hey, uh, just a a quick comment. I've written, I've called, I'll say it, Nancy Barco, my senator, and I get no answers. I would pay triple my income taxes in Arizona if he would build a damn wall right on that border. I'm tired of waiting for Biden. Do me a favor because I don't know. I, you know, I obviously don't know the relationship, but send me an email and I'll forward it to her. Um, though, you know, I, it's eh. It's it's a it's a difficult thing for the legislature to assume, <laughs> I think, the responsibility you're asking for. But nonetheless, uh, it would be good for her to um, to know that you had a hard time getting in touch. And if you uh, go to my email, which you can easily get at 960thepatriot.com, that's 960thepatriot.com, uh, I will I will promise you to forward it over to her. Brandon Weikert is coming up next to talk about a lot of interesting breaking stuff in the world. And then uh, Mark Burnovich, third hour. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. 